When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon without a flaw. He'll be stuck in your craw. X gonna give it to y'all, Karam. We are a belly up sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? X going to give it to you. He going to give it to you. X going to give it to you. He going to give it to you. Brandon Karam. Yes, sir. Love the DMX plug. Um, Doing good. Watched a very nice World Series game three. Uh, The Braves. We're going to get into that. But Braves won. Surprise, surprise. That's- if, if, you're listening, if you're listening to this show and you're surprised by who we say the winner is, uh, you know. Yeah, honestly, like, the more I think about it now, which I'm literally just thinking about it now, the amount we've kind of tried to keep going way too much in chronological order with these things is a little silly because if you're listening to us talk about these games and you don't know what happened, you probably have no clue what we're saying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. First of all, I'm sorry. If you go to us for who talked about for what happened in the game, because we have genuinely not done a fantastic job of. No, we've done a good job with it. But at the same time, we also work when we go through the game timeline. We're also going through it from a high level baseball analysis standpoint. 
I just don't any I mean feel free to DM us if if I'm wrong but I have a very strong feeling that at least 95% of the people who listen to this show understand the content would have watched the game or at least caught the highlights but with that being said Brandon I think is is this I think this is pretty genuinely fair to say that this might have been the worst home plate officiating from from a, a full game standpoint we've gotten this year. I would actually like to demonstrate the officiating here, if you don't mind, real quick. Just you can go hey, go right ahead. So I have this coin. This is the head side. That's gonna be a strike. Tail side's gonna be a ball. Okay. Strike one. Strike one. <laughs> Strike two. I'm really bad at flipping a coin, so this might. Ball. Ball one. Okay, one and two count. Two. Two, two. Two, two. Three, two. Full count. He's coming back on this. Strike three. Altuve strikes out to start the game. Now, LJ, is it fair to say that the strike zone got maybe better as the game went on? No. no. Worse Brandon, as the game went on. Brandon, all right, if we want to talk about like the nine quadrants or sections of the strike zone, there was a strike, clear strike that hit, or a ball, I'm sorry, that hit the corner intersection of the top left box where it intersects with the middle box is where it hit and it was called a ball in like the seventh inning. Not good. Tom Hallian. Tom Hallian, no, never again. It just goes to my point that I made the other night. We need the best umpires umping the World Series. And I get the ump union and everything like that. But, I mean, come on. It's ridiculous at this point. Also, all right, if we get robo-umps, I want less umpires on the field because – I feel like that's deserved. Like I, I'm not usually the cut off your nose to spite your face or I'm not, that's not the right analogy. I'm sorry. I'm not the type to say, okay, because a couple people are bad at their jobs, everyone should suffer. But it feels like the majority, a quickly growing majority are genuinely not doing their job in the baseball umpiring field. And so why even put more out? Why even put six guys out there if you've got robo umps in the future? But what I'd like to know is why there why are there only six guys on a World Series crew? How many would you like? Seven. Where would the seventh guy go? I don't care. I think my primary motivation for this is because for bias stand for a bias standpoint for any, I guess, rigging, cheating, um, whatever you'd like to call it. I don't think a single umpire should be behind home plate for multiple games in a world series in any playoff series. I think that's a pretty fair request. So if you literally just added one person to this crew, everyone would go around by the end. I like that. Um, but with there being seven uh, or there's six umps, right? So if you had a seventh ump and his lone job was just to be the world, the home plate umpire, you'd be fine with that. Correct. 
Because, like, you can't really put them anywhere else on the field. Oh, just to be, like, the backup one? Um, No, you can do stuff with them. But why isn't the why don't you have like the main replay review guy, like the chief replay guy, come on for the for, for the World Series? That's what I'd like to see. Or, hey, or make him why do you need like, two umps to be the replay review guy when one ump could probably do that job very good? Um, unions, that's why. Um, no, you could even you could even make like one guy like the compliance officer to make sure everything is called correctly, or just have the guy stand in the worst spot possible. I don't know. Have him stand on the warning track in center. <laughs> right wherever, wherever the center fielder is right behind him. And he can move out of the way. Like the only thing he has to call is fair or foul, which obviously is fair. Um, no, we're going to call we're, What if we called him the rover ump and he just moved to whatever side the handedness is in the middle infield. So, like, he'd stand right next to the shortstop if it was a lefty batter or the second baseman on a righty. <laughs> Certainly the first time I've ever heard this proposed, but I would It's gone very sarcastic, but I do think that there should be a seventh guy in there because, like, realistically, even I the think... The World I... Series! It's the World yeah. Series! You can spare no expense with the World Series, but I just think, like, it's... It feels like a no a no-brainer to do it because even if your umpiring crew had all good intentions, they didn't have any bias towards one team or another. They didn't um, have any like money on the game. Certainly I'm not insinuating that, but like, let's say that your best pitcher, your best hitter on one of the teams got jawing with the game one umpire. Mm -hmm. Now shouldn't be doing it and neither should the umpire be encouraging it. But if there is any form of verbal altercation that could sway that guy's opinion, like we're all human. We hold, we can hold grudges sometimes. And that is a very, maybe even implicit way that could affect the game that I don't think is even necessary. There should be no history between, there should be no recent history between the umpires and the players. It just goes to my point the other night, the best umpires based on accuracy should be umping the World Series. There's no reason why Ron Culpa, the second worst umpire this season, should be on this World Series crew. It, it just makes sense. It Look, and I get the union, and I get that they pick the guys that they think is the best, but you can't tell me that the union genuinely thinks Ron Culpa, the left field umpire tonight, was the one of the best six options. You 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 cannot convince me that because they have all this all the data, everything that we have to show that he was genuinely one of the worst umpires in the league this year. LJ, you cannot convince me that. No, I I, I wouldn't try to. <laughs> it, it's it's crazy to me. Like why can't we have the best six umpires ump the World Series? why it's not like we don't have the stats now to prove right it's not it's not the 80s 90s even the 2000s it's not that it, we have stats that show exactly how accurate umpires are this year and in years past we should give out we should give out a uh umpire all-star team 
I'll do it right now. I'll literally, I'll literally do that right now. What are we going to do? Seven, seven guys for our new World Series roster? All right. Here's our seven guys for our World Series roster. Ready? I'm just going to do it on accuracy. Are we, are we going? Are we going? Oh, I thought we were going to go every other. Okay. Yeah. Go every other. Um, Number one, John Lipka, 95.6% accuracy. He called 32 games this year. Um, 95% is very accurate compared to normal umpire. He's on my list. Give me next. We're going to go with Trip Gibson. Average run impact of 0.90, as well as, uh, let me see the accuracy, um, 951, 95.1%. Now, how, are either of these guys for reference? Are either of these guys on this crew? Because I'm not recognizing those names. from Trip nope. Gibson or who nope. do I say? Alan Gibson? Nope. Neither on this crew. Okay. Uh, no, no John Lipka, no Trip Gibson. LJ, for my third guy. Let me get Pat Holbert. Pretty much the same accuracy as Trip Gibson. Called 31 games this year behind the plate. 95.1% accuracy. Way above average. I'll take Trip Gibson, who is also not on the crew. I'm sorry, what was the name again that you said? Trib Gibson. I took he- Trip Gibson. So I thought you took Alan Porter. No, I took Trip Gibson. It was John Lipka and Trip Gibson. I'll take Alan Porter then. 95% accurate. All right, next up, give me Nick Lenz. He called 27 games this year, had a 94.9% accuracy rate and a 0.97 average run impact. So uh, for reference, that means that his calls, the weight and advantage that his calls gave a team never exceeded more than a run on average so he did he did not have a true effect on the game lj i'm gonna take mark carlson next um and i don't believe he's on this crew i'm gonna look right now he's not mark carlson 93.3 percent average run impact 0.28 one of the five lowest in the entire league for his favor. Um, like, how can, out of the four umps we mentioned, none of them be on the crew? I think that's the biggest problem here. Yep. Is that, like, some of the best umpires in the league don't even get assigned to the World Series. Like, how, how can that be possible? Yeah, well, let's go a little farther down. Pat Hoberg, Corey Blazer. These are all guys that, like, we can statistically prove they have had not only correct calls, but minimal impact with the calls that they've gotten wrong. That's what we're looking for in umps, is it not? It's, it's crazy to me. And, look, I guess they have a union. They just pick their guys that they think is the best. But Well, well they pick by experience. But that doesn't experience doesn't mean they're good because they're in a union, which means they can be protected from their own mistakes. Regardless of who we just picked out of the five umps, I think that's enough for that. I mean, we literally just proved the five best umpires in the league are not even assigned to the seven umpire or uh, six umpire crew. It's 
like, hopefully, and I know this won't be anything, but if somehow this was included in the CBA, which I'm just laughing because I know it's not, because I know it's not. We'll put into another, another union's collective bargaining agreement affecting another union. Um, it's just not going to happen. Oh, it would just that would be just such a wild trip if that they somehow made like a it's like a three team it's like that rare three team trade that you see in like the NFL. Like you expect it in the NBA, but you do not expect it in the NFL and then all of a sudden it happens out of nowhere. You just get all of a sudden this three union collective bargaining agreement done in a year. Well, this could happen in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Uh we're still waiting to figure out what exactly is going on with him. Could be a three-team, four-team, even five-team trade, I've heard. Um, should we get into the recap of World yep. Series Game 3? All right. Game 3, 2021 World Series. We have Ian Anderson taking on Luis Garcia. First two innings, both pitchers pitched very clean innings. Looked very good. Uh, my friends who are watching, first time they've ever seen Luis Garcia pitch. His windup, they were just, I don't even know what the word is for it. They I'm were having bruised our Gratterall flashbacks now. <laughs> I mean, LJ, this guy, they like my friends, they played travel baseball. They've played a lot of baseball in their life. They have never seen anything like Luis Garcia's lineup. Well, Brandon, I believe last up. his last start, I texted you in the middle of it to ask if it was even legal. He, was, he never like, comes set. He never comes set. That was like I was just like so confused by it and dumbfounded by like especially like the tap in the middle, taking taking his plant foot and like visibly tapping it each time off the ground in the middle of his windup. It's wild. And so basically, if I remember what you said last time to refresh people who also have this question, it can't be a balk until it's a move forward, correct? I believe, like, he can do whatever he wants until he makes an approach towards the batter. The thing that I thought would be a balk is that the fact that he never comes set. You watch him, he never pauses. He gets the ball. Well, I mean he shakes. He does his thing where he like has his arms out like this, elbows out, and then just starts his little three-step, four-step, whatever it is, ten-step routine. My uncle texts me during the game and says, "Wow, this Garcia guy does a lot of bullshit prior to him pitching." And I'm like, "Yeah." I respond to him. I said, "Yes. Very strange. Very strange." I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that could be a path that a lot of guys are going to start to go down more that johnny cueto-esque okay i'm going to have a couple of different variations to my my wind up that are real that i'm able to replicate i mean there's a couple guys here johnny cueto luis garcia nathan Ivaldi. they all have like cueto has an obscene amount but that's beside the point he's just like a complete exception to the rule yes but like the other guys, they all have just slight variations to their timing, but it never throws them off. 
Like there are guys, there are plenty of pitchers, good pitchers in this league that when they have to do a slide step or try to do a slide step, it throws them off and they're not nearly as good. But then there's guys like Luis Garcia, Nathan Evaldi, who can have different lengths of deliveries and not have it affect their ability to pitch. And I think that 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 is a skill that's going to probably increase as we go on. But back to the point, he's just, he's wild. And I guess to answer your thing about um, never coming set, I'm pretty sure he does come set. It just, it takes us a while to recognize that this is part of his windup. <laughs> the thing is like, you're five minutes into the windup and all of a sudden you realize it's actually started and you're like, he never came to set. You know, he did it like seven minutes ago. He comes set for like a very small amount of time, but he said he certainly is set at some point. At some point during the game, he is set. He is like Rob Manfred's like nightmare. Nightmare. Absolutely. 15 second delivery is the antithesis of pace of play. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Well, let's get into the game. We got game three, 2021 World Series. Ian Anderson for the Braves taking on Luis Garcia of the Astros. Brandon, didn't you already do this part? Phenomenal rookies. LJ, I'll do it again. We're scoreless till the bottom of the third inning where we get and um actually can we stop because we missed a good mile marker there sure a real show of maturity by uh brian snicker bottom of the second travis darno rips a double to was it center field yes right field center. off the top of the wall right field okay my bad off the top right of the field wall. um oh right because it off the brick honestly that brick is great i love it because like not as bad as the freaking green monster but no no the green monster the green monster is just a menace because there's so many different angles it can make off the wall but with this if you get too close if you don't give up on trying to get the ball in a timely manner and all of a sudden it goes off the brick it's gonna fly away from you um but anyway they intentionally walked dansby swanson and in a amazing show of restraint by Brian Snicker. He does not pinch hit Ian Anderson, who has not allowed a hit in the game in order to put a hitter in to try to knock those two runs in. Brendan, were you surprised as, as surprised by this move as I was? LJ, to be honest, like, I get the joke that you sent me because Brian Snicker is notorious for pulling his pitcher in this playoff, in, the, in this playoffs of just – pulling him early to try to get ahead. It was very funny. I'm not going to lie. I was not expecting that text from you. I had a great laugh out of it. Uh, Not surprised. It was only the second inning. But 
at the no, same of course, time. This, this is pure sarcasm if you can't figure it out from me. I don't think I mask it very – I intentionally don't mask it well. But, yeah, we're going to get into it more, but he just – he loves to pull the picture, it, whoever it is. LJ, I remember our, me doing a show by myself against the Brewers when the Braves played them, and I was like, it's the fourth inning. You, you've already, like, used your pitcher. It was Ian Anderson versus Freddie Peralta. Ian Anderson has pitched a very fine five innings. And you just pull him because you feel like this pinch hitter that you're going to bring in, which isn't even in your starting lineup, remember, is going to somehow contribute more runs than what you have. And it was Jock Peterson in that game, which he had a pinch hit home run, which obviously worked out. But in this game, I mean, LJ, I got a pretty good laugh out of your text that you sent tonight, which is like, I can't believe he didn't pull Anderson. All right. Um, Third inning? Third inning. Bottom of the third. We get a Travis Darnot with two outs, rips a double into center field. Luis Garcia... Uh, intentionally walks Dansby Swanson, and we get um in the second inning. Excuse me, hold on. Third inning, third inning. Ozzy Albies strikes out. Austin Riley doubles, but we get a run based off the Freddie Freeman single that happened earlier in the inning. Or excuse me, Eddie Rosario who walked earlier in the inning. He scores. It's one nothing Atlanta. Uh, this was the one portion in the game where Luis Garcia ran into trouble as he uh, allows a single to Freddie Freeman, walked Eddie Rosario, finally the Austin Riley double. LJ, Austin Riley, a guy that I put on my MVP ballot, and I know you asked me to send that MVP ballot. I had him 12th overall. Um, big point in the game here as – this was a pitcher's duel tonight, but at the same time, hits were coming for the Braves, and they had six hits on the night, which really isn't that bad. Who but Austin Riley to come through with the big hit? Yeah, exactly. Look, this guy just – and I feel like you rarely see a weak hit from him, too. That's what's so exciting about some of these guys that are coming, are coming into their own in the league. Um, Tatis, Austin Riley, Rafael Devers, um, even I mean, Jorge Soler is a little, he he he's kind of the poor man's and slightly older version of those guys. I think it's fair to say, where when they make when these guys, Austin Riley, Fernando Tatis, even Acuna, when they make contact, it's not like it. It's not like they they get weak bloop singles like ever. It's usually just solid line drives. Because they square they square the ball up a really good amount. Austin Riley in the 75th percentile of hard hit percentage. LJ certainly not wrong with that whatsoever. Braves take a one-nothing lead. We're scoreless until the bottom of the eighth. But prior to getting that, we should talk about our guy, our guy, LJ, Ian Anderson. Five no-hit innings tonight? Are you kidding me? 
Okay, you're this is the best, maybe one of the best starts he's ever had in his entire career. Easily the best start of his career. This is Clutch right here on the post in the postseason in the World Series. He's got, I believe it was the second best postseason ERA of any pitcher ever. He has he's now run away with the most postseason starts by a rookie. Which is counting last year, which yeah, is it's kind, kind of, of it's like, kind of disingenuous because it's kind of a Mickey Mouse award, but it's okay. We we don't care. We we'll we'll, we'll give him it because we like him. But like, yeah, I love him. Gar- Luis Garcia too. He's tied for a second now. It's like most for people who aren't understanding why the vast majority of the time you're not going to see somebody come up with as little service time as they did both of them because of the shortened season and get good postseason starts. He's 23. He's literally 23 years old, LJ. And I texted you tonight. My point I made on, what was that, Thursday's episode, Ian Anderson will be a Cy Young winner. And I think you can agree with that. What he showed tonight, what he showed throughout the past two seasons, this dude is absolutely insane. He's got such an over-the-top, pitching motion his pitches are nasty this is an Astros lineup that is actually one of the best lineups we've seen in history based on run scored batting average OPS everything I mean overall can overall consistency of how many of those stats they're in the top like three of it's it's nuts and Ian Anderson five innings no hits no runs three walks four strikeouts uh, it's I don't even know what to what to say for this. Brandon, dude. Is it a, is this a good time for me to mention that he was pulled way too early? Because yes. I, I, actually, I should say I'm conflicted with this one because I can understand the counterpoint. He had the top of the order coming up that next inning, and that would have been brutal, especially third time through, which he doesn't always do. <laughs> certainly isn't doing in the postseason. Third time through with the best. Uh, offense out there but i just think maybe maybe now's a good time to talk about what we see this braves rotation even looking like going forward because in my head if you can get one less inning on this bullpen do it absolutely absolutely the the way i see it and you'll have to tell me if you agree or not everybody seems to talk about okay they're just going to do two bullpen games back-to-back for games four and five to make up for Charlie Morton now. That just Free seems... for game five. Free for game five. That's what I said. Thank you. Um, Yeah, basically, I've been told by multiple people that this isn't a good idea because for, uh, Max Fried has struggled a little bit, certainly did not have his best game in uh, game two. He goes five innings, allows six earned and 86 pitches, but frankly, I don't care. You desperately need innings from a guy, and if this is going to be even a pseudo bullpen game where you're going to have um, Drew Smiley, Tucker Davidson, Kyle Wright, bring them in to ask them to give you like three innings, you're still going to be putting a lot on a bullpen that you rely on to be very, very good. My thought is, 
do the bullpen game, do your best bullpen game you can in game four. Hopefully, fingers crossed, go up 3-1 in the series. And that gives you room to play with. Now, you can afford a Max Freed blow up, but more importantly, he's going to be able to give you four, at least four to five. You then get the rest day on top of that to be able to come out and do another bullpen gaming game six. See, what I was thinking is like exactly what you said. Bullpen game tomorrow night. Anderson, or for, excuse me, Freed for game five. Bullpen game six, if it goes to there. And then Anderson for game seven. The way he pitched tonight, I am so confident in Ian Anderson as my game seven starter. Oh, you absolutely, and you absolutely should be. Because maybe this is, my maybe my memory is false. But it was not a bad loss to LA last year in game seven of the NLCS either. This man is a big game pitcher. He pitched his heart out for that one. Um, Game four, game five, game seven. Here it is. You imagine if this. Didn't even get the loss. Imagine if this Braves team had Hawaskar and Noah. Like, imagine if he doesn't get hurt. They have a starter for tomorrow night. <laughs> they could pitch free game six, or excuse me, game, what's tomorrow night? Game four, free game five, bullpen game six, Anderson game seven. LJ, like, usually your game seven starter is not your best pitcher on your staff. Ian Anderson might be the best pitcher on the Braves right now. He is the he is the best starting pitcher on the Braves right this second. Right this second, absolutely. And I mean, I, all right, I, it sounds bad for me to say right this second. That's not what I meant, like, just because of this. Like, it's not like Kike Hernandez is the best baseball player on earth this second. I was saying, like, there's naturally other guys that are going to surpass him. The lack of – with this team devoid Charlie Morton, he is the best player on this team. He's the best starter on this team. I think it's up for debate with some of these bullpen arms because this bullpen is insane. Can we talk about that? So Braves go up 2-0, bottom of the eighth inning. They are able to score another run thanks to a – what was it? It was a Travis Darno solo run. run. Um, Braves go up 2-0. LJ, I feel like this Braves bullpen has not allowed a single run the whole postseason. And I know that that's probably wrong. Every time they go to Minter or Luke Jackson, Matzik, Will Smith, even at the end of the game, they're just so good. They're so good. Um, I actually have a stat. I'm going to have to fudge it a little bit because I have no clue. I don't remember where I got it, but I know for a fact I did get it today. The It was particularly their home road splits for this team. For starters, in this postseason, Atlanta is undefeated at home. Now 6-0. and Going into the game, their starters had a sub-2 ERA at home. Their bullpen, sub-1. Sub-1? I believe it was a 9.98. 
it's I don't think we've ever seen a bullpen perform this good in the postseason ever, LJ, ever. And I'm sure I'm wrong with that, but for the time me and you have been like very close baseball fans, I I genuinely don't remember when a bullpen was this good. It's firing on all cylinders. I mean, realistically, who do you want to face? Of the realistic guys, like take out Dylan Lee, Drew Smiley, and uh, Davidson and Wright. Of the of the main guys you would see in the sixth inning on, who would you like to genuinely like to see right now? No one. I don't want to see Luke Jackson. I don't want to see Matzik. I don't want to see Will Smith. I don't want to see anyone, LJ. I don't even want to see Jesse Chavez. Nope. No, thank you. No. And he's probably going to start, you know – this is it's an interesting conversation to have. Who's going to start tomorrow for the Braves? I'm not even worried. I'm seriously not even worried. The Braves take a 3-1 series on this World Series. Look, they're facing... Congratulations the- to the Houston Astros for winning the World Series. Stop, stop. <laughs> I am fine with Zach Greinke going for the... Astros tomorrow because look, I mean, we all know what Zach Greinke can do. This Astros offense tonight, we've seen the two sides of them, LJ. Like we genuinely, and I was thinking about this earlier, and John Boy Media made this great point. How many Astros games have been close after the third inning this postseason? One, one, maybe this is two. Every game the Astros play after the third inning is pretty much over. And it's like, yeah, they jump on you early or they just don't do anything. I would say, I would say it may, might be ALCS game one in this. That's the only game I can think of. ALDS against the, against the White Sox. We knew by like the third or fourth inning what the result of that game was going to be. Seriously, go and look at it. I mean, seriously, uh, it's like the Astros. I think that's helped them. Like, it has helped them with their reputation this postseason as to whether or not, like, how good they've played. I just genuinely think that this World Series – they haven't played enough close games late into the game. Like this is the first world series game where I was genuinely like kind of been on the edge of my seat for inning seven, eight, and nine. With that being said, with the Astros being a swing away for the majority of the game, or even if you don't want to like say, okay, anyone can hit a home run two solid hits away from tying this game up the entire time. It never felt like they were that, that in it as much as they were like in it, they didn't feel like it was like, right. They were right on the doorstep. Like you're not, if it's a one run lead there, the team is always by default knocking on the door. It never felt like that. That's a great point, LJ. And I absolutely agree. I mean, it's just like props to this pitching staff. This Braves bullpen, Minter, Jackson, Matzek, Smith, what they went with tonight. Genuinely, when they turn into their bullpen, 
if you're an opposing team, you're scared. Because these guys have been, all these guys have been shut down the whole year. And I just, I don't know where the Astros go from here. Like, look, you got Zach Granke going tomorrow. And look, we can like forget all the Atlanta sports teams blowing leads, whatever. The Braves win tomorrow, LJ, and we forget. They have Max Freed going for game five. Max Freed. The guy who was a Cy Young contender, I think it would be fair to say, last year or close. Had he not gotten hurt, he would have easily won Cy Young in 2020 over Trevor Bauer. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. This could be a very good day tomorrow for the state of Georgia. Even if the Astros win. You're up. It's still 2-2, right? Yep. You got a bullpen game going for the next day. For the Braves, I mean, game six is a bullpen game. For the Astros, who are they pitching for game six, LJ? Or excuse me, game five. I'm sorry, game five Sunday. Who are you pitching for game five in a 2-2 series? Who's their guy? I mean, I guess you go back to – I guess you go back to Framber. So Framber for game five, who the Braves have already shown that, like, they can – I mean, Jorge Soler hitting the leadoff home run off of him. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, look, it's – I think it's different if you're Atlanta where you don't have any proven options to pull a guy up on the extra rest. You're but right. I don't – feel like that seems like that smart an idea to bring up um what's his face blanking on the name drew smiley no 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 for um jose Arquiti. yeah push jose Arquiti on limited rest when you have framber valdez who is also a far obviously probably more talented pitcher in front of him who had a rougher start like, that doesn't make as much sense as taxing an entire bullpen would for Atlanta. You're right. You're right. I still feel comfortable. I still feel comfortable for Framber, especially in a 2-2. It's not like it's an elimination game and you're wor- that worried. Would you put him in an elimination game? The thing is with, a, with like, an elimination game, you're just pitching your most rested guy. And, and why would that be any different for 2-2 in their, in their case? 
That's a great point. I mean, I just don't. I don't. I don't think this is the time to get cute. You got four guys in the in this rotation, and all four are just as feel just as likely to have a good day as a bad day. So I don't. I mean, like Zach Greinke could easily go seven innings with one run or no runs tomorrow, and I wouldn't be surprised. That's the thing. Um, I would be surprised just because. With, with his injury recovery, I mean, let's remind yeah. ourselves, he had not pitched an inning in almost a month before he came in and only lasted about two innings against the Red Sox. So it would shock me if he ended up coming out there for more than twice through the order. He might only be a once through. They might be looking at this as a sort pseudo bullpen game. He made it one and a third last game. His last is his first start of the postseason. This World Series is really just building so many different headlines here. I mean, it's this is the one World Series where I've watched where I'm like genuinely unsure of what the other team is going to do. I didn't feel this the Astros Nationals World Series. I didn't feel like this at all because I because I knew the Nationals had Corbin, Strasburg, Scherzer. The top three. The 2020 World Series, we knew that the Nationals had guys. The Astros had Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, Lance McCullers. They were deep at pitching. It's gotten to the point now where, where, where the pitching is like the depth for starters is so weak for both teams. I genuinely don't know what to expect. And part of that is the doing of the postseason. You immediately cut to a three or four man rotation when you go into the postseason. And so you treat that as such for some teams, you treat the last couple of weeks of the season as such with those last guys in your rotation that you cut off. They're all of a sudden becoming accustomed to those one, two, three innings, max outings. They're certainly not stretched and prepared to be able to give you a full starts workload most of the time. There are some guys that are going to go out there and be a freak and just take innings, inning after inning for you, for the team, for their, their team, because they want to, and they love it, but that's not every guy. And then not every guy is capable of that. Would now be another, a good time to talk about how um, Zach Ranke could very easily end up being the World Series MVP because if we want like I said he could go seven innings scoreless tomorrow night if he wanted not only could he do seven innings scoreless but I think the bigger headline here is Brandon it was confirmed or at least said on the broadcast he was on the depth chart the list to pinch hit tonight he was a potential pinch hitter in the World Series game could you imagine if he ripped a bases clearing double tonight or even tomorrow or or even uh game five and pitched seven innings scoreless how do you keep him from being world series mvp if he drives in if he has a decent if he has a day at the plate during his start goes out there and gets another clutch knock in another game what a story zach ranky ladies and gentlemen you've got a great point potential single a shortstop zach ranky the, the, the guy I want to bring up, how about Yoron Alvarez in the outfield? I mean, oh, that, 
you can go ahead. But I mean, like early in the game, I was like, the Astros, obviously you're not going to bench this guy, but he's a liability in the outfield for sure. I actually want to go in a different direction with this and say negative 1.1 war defensively this year. My second pick, if I had to pick who I thought was most likely, or I actually know this would be my first pick. The Zach Ranky one is unlikely, but if, if it happened, like he's the clear pick. But another guy I could seriously consider putting my vote in for for World Series MVP here if they were to win it, Kyle Tucker. Absolutely. Not, not only Why does he have him a, my MVP ballot. Not only does he have if he has a great series at the plate, which is of course important. But look at it this way, Brandon. This year alone, this year, Kyle Tucker has played a total of 10 games in center field before now. He is now going to be the starting center fielder for three games for the Houston Astros. He is playing center field, not his natural position, not a position he gets many reps in at all. He is playing in three of the biggest games of his life. And so far, he has not really made made a mistake with that. No, that 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 right there is a clutch performance. Unfortunately, the World Series MVP they evaluate your offense a hundred oh, times more than your defense. But if they were to actually focus on what you provide for your team defensively, which is as pretty much important as your offensive contributions it's Kyle Tucker LJ in my MVP ballot I literally put him number nine in the AL he's hitting sixth or fifth it's 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 nuts to me and look this guy's awesome he's gonna be really really good in the future uh potential five six war player per year Playing center field for the Astros this year when he's played LJ a total four games in center field this year. Four. 133 in right field. Brandon, I just saw this stat. Ian Anderson becomes the second rookie with at least five innings of no-hit ball in the World Series, and I can't figure out who the, the other guy is. Do we have any idea? I tell you. Could not tell you. Uh, I genuinely... Maybe Sandy Koufax? Maybe Satchel Paige? Maybe? Uh, I, I don't know, LJ. I don't know. Maybe... Maybe Twitter can give me the answer, but... I checked, I checked Twitter. I couldn't find it. Uh, elite list with no hit innings. Thank you. The only rookie starter with a no hit bid, a longer no hit bid in the World Series was Jeff Tesro, five and a third in game one of the 1912 World Series. That is the longest rookie no hitter in World Series history since 1912. It's uh, 1912. Yeah. 
Amazing. Speechless. I'm literally speechless. That. And I should also take this uh, opportunity to point out that I'm roughly like 35 to 40 minutes away from where he lived right now, where he, where he grew up. Less than that. <laughs> literally less than I'm that. I'm 30 minutes away from his kinfolk. LJ, I should point out, I watched Ian Anderson lose a game in a sectional playoff championship game. I watched him lose. I can say I genuinely watched a World Series pitcher lose in a high school game. <laughs> it's, it's nuts to me. You could tell from high school this dude was just an elite pitcher, but a World Series pitcher? <laughs> no one's thinking that. No one is thinking that when you're watching someone like that. It's wow. I just, just, just wow. Amazing. Um, now it's probably time to get to the elephant in the room. So as we talked about, they carry the no-hitter into the eighth inning. What's more frustrating is how this, this no-hitter ends. So you have um, uh, Tyler Matzik replacing Luke Jackson here in the eighth. Oledmis Diaz is the leadoff hitter. Well, Aledmus Diaz puts this little, insignificant, weak fly ball into left field. Eddie Rosario decides, you know, I'm just going to, you know, rather than uh, picking daisies in left field, decides to try to make a quote, air quotes, attempt at this ball. He runs in, sees Dansby Swanson coming on the ball as well from shortstop looks down at him, loses track of where the ball is, and lets it drop in front of him. Brandon, there's so much wrong with this picture. For there starters, is a lot wrong, and Eddie Rosario should, took the blame, should take the blame. He should be ashamed of himself. Can we at least mention what the conditions, what the weather conditions were for this entire game? No, because they have no barring on this. All right, we can't, we can, I'm sorry, I'm being rude, but they have, I don't feel like they have any barring on this play. Pouring rain for the whole game. Yes, but Brandon, that doesn't change his approach on this ball. He sees the ball. He then wants to, is worried about hitting Dansby Swanson. So he looks down at Dansby Swanson and loses the ball. This is the World Series. You're a grown man. Play the ball and worry about your body later. This is the biggest, this is one of the biggest potentially seven games in your life. This is the biggest series you've ever played in. Don't worry about your body. Just go for the ball. There's no way that contact was ever going to be that bad. And then here's the other fundamental piece that he kind of forgot about. There's no reason that Dansby Swanson would ever be anywhere close to him if he'd called him off in the first place. Eddie Rosario never called off Dansby Swanson. That's what bugs me more because there would be no reason to worry about contact if you'd just stepped up like you're supposed to as the left fielder and called off that fly up. Now, it also should be stated that this should not have affected when the world, the no hitter getting broken. Now, disclaimer 
I understand that if you change one thing in the past, everything, everything from there changes. But for the sake of conversation, we're going to run with the hypothetical that everything stays the same. Will Smith's still going to go out there in the ninth. Now it'll end up with Alex Bregman being the second batter he faces rather than the first. There will still be no runners on base, so they will still do the same shift, and Alex Bregman will still hit the ball through the shift for that second hit. So that did not cost the, that wouldn't have cost the no hitter, I don't think. But it's still such an egregious play fundamentally. And then for him to totally check out on any of the other pop-ups that Austin Riley caught the rest of the game was a really bad look as well. Look, had they have thrown this no hitter in the World Series, which very rare. It would have been the first no hitter since game five of the 1956 World Series when Don Larson threw the threw his perfect game against the Dodgers. Not saying it would have happened, but come on, Eddie. Come on, Eddie. And you've been playing, he's been playing so well across the board, too. Hitting amazingly throughout this entire without him, the Braves wouldn't be in this World Series. But you can't give up on half your job in the World Series. You just can't. Maybe it was a miscommunication. That's that's what it I'll was break it because down. he didn't communicate. Right. <laughs> uh. it's still his fault for the miscommunication. Regardless, no hitter or not, Braves win 2-0. Will Smith comes in, gets his first save of the World Series. Uh, Talk about a guy who's been overworked this postseason. I mean, holy crap. LJ, in this specific postseason, hold on, I'm going to pull it up right here. He's pitched in nine games. Nine. As the closer... (laughs) As the closer, he's pitched in nine games and is not allowed an earned run yet. That's crazy. Let alone a run, earned run or a run. Not a lot of run. For a guy who pitched in, I'll pull it up here. In the regular season, he pitched in, where is it? 71 games. He's pitching over 80 games this year and has somehow been so consistent. It's it's nuts to me. Absolutely. And we talk about how the Yankees overuse their relief pitchers. They don't have guys pitching in over 70 games. <laughs> they just don't. No. It's Will Smith. Do you talk about underrated like guys who could be MVP? Low key, Will Smith. Oh, uh, World Series MVP. World Series MVP, right? I get it. But if if there was a postseason MVP award, you would have to consider him. Oh yeah. I'm actually curious to see they don't go far enough in the leaders. I was gonna see where the uh, championship win probability added stacks up for him because that's usually a a very favorable stat for relievers he's not in the top 10 but i don't imagine he's far off because he's been fantastic all year i'm gonna check right now 
for the season, he had 1.4%. Not a lot, but by far the best he's had in any season of his entire career. Remember, he was on the Giants. Hmm. Imagine if this dude was still on the Giants. Like, oh, my God, with that bullpen. Regardless, uh, Braves take a 2-1 lead over the Astros. Game four tomorrow. Zach Granke versus TBD for the Braves. They'll be using a post, uh, a bullpen game, excuse me. But, yeah, I think we covered pretty much everything from this game. LJ, unless you have something else. No. Uh, How's our time look, Brandon? We are... A little less than an hour right now. Um. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Do we want to do a post-mortem real quick? Uh, or do we want to talk about Bob Melvin? And just call it Let's do Bob Melvin. Yeah. So the Padres have finally made a decision on their future manager as they try to make their second world or second playoff run in our lifetimes, or at least in our, in our memory in our lifetime. Yeah. Um, thank you. And they go with former Oakland athletics manager, Bob Melvin, as they sign him to a three-year $12 million contract. Okay. So LJ. I have never heard of a team being able to sign another manager who's under contract with another team as their manager. How exactly does this work? Do you do you understand that? I mean, like a guy is literally contracted to the A's, signs their option for the 2022 season, and all of a sudden he's just able to switch switch deals. Um, I did a little digging into this and it actually provides more questions than answers because according to Alden Gonzalez of ESPN, even though the A's exercised their team option on him, everything was squared away with that. The club was the ones who allowed him to go pursue other opportunities and accept other opportunities. They're not even getting any form of constipation, compensation for him backing out of this deal. They just let him walk after agreeing to keep him on. Now, 
we can agree the A's are the saddest franchise in the MLB. Because yes, because right. yes, and it also the more important information that I forgot to mention there is he was already being paid four million by the A's. So his annual val- average annual value on this contract is the same he was getting in Oakland. So really, this is entirely a roster-based move. I could slightly understand Oakland being okay with this if he came to them and said, hey, the Padres are willing to give me $8 million. I'd like to renegotiate our, our deal, our negotiated extension right now with you based on those parameters. And they said, no, we're not paying you $8 million. And so to keep things civil and not make this a messy breakoff, they said, you can go ahead to the Padres. That's okay. But he's getting the exact same deal, just a more competitive roster and a more aggressive front office. And the A's just let him do it. It goes to show how sad the A's are. They won't pay any of their players. They weren't even willing to give Marcus Simeon a qualifying offer. A qualifying offer, LJ, where if he doesn't sign it, they get a draft pick. They, they are legitimately one of the – is it fair to say they're one of the worst franchises in the league? They're one of the fir- worst franchises. The worst. No, I know. In the American worst. sports. The worst. The worst. In American sports? I think I think we had we'd have to do a little digging on that one, but there there might be a few hockey teams. My Giants for the NFL might be worse, but Bob Melvin is an incredible manager. What he's done with these A's teams, LJ? Are you serious? (laughs) They have like one good guy. Every year, they have one good player. He won 86 games this year with a team that is oh, – how did they win 86 games, LJ? How? Their best player was Matt Olson. Their second best player was maybe – maybe Chris Bassett. I, I, I don't get it. I genuinely don't get it. You're letting this guy walk to a team that has so much future in them. I, I LJ, I'm actually at a loss for words. I, I just genuinely don't understand this. How? Embarrassment. They want How? nothing. They want nothing more than just to siphon money from this team. They should move. Sell the team. Whoever I'm gonna look up the A's owner right now. John J. Fisher, John J. Fisher, sell the Oakland A's. Sell the Oakland A's. What you have done with this team is a freaking joke. It's a joke, LJ. So bad. I just... uh, How? You have generational talents that you've just let walk. Josh Donaldson, you just let him go. Marcus Simeon, let him go. Who's next? Is Matt Chapman about to walk in a few years, LJ? Is he just going to be gone? Is Matt Olson going to walk? Like, what 
what is their goal with this franchise? Yeah, what that's that's the question. You've got you even on this team alone, we we're complaining about them, but I mean, Chris Bassett, thirty-two, still has plenty of time, in, plenty left in him. Frankie Montas, more so, twenty-eight, getting right into his prime. They have some guys that are that could still be around a while, and that's without even considering Olsen. Olsen, Chapman, and Loriano, who I think are their biggest bright spots across the board. Is the end game just to let them walk away? Because they keep trying to be competitive or quote-unquote air quotes competitive. But at the same time, they're not, they're just floating in this random spot where they're Letting guys serve out their contract and then letting them walk. Whereas, if they're if they're going to do this, trade them. Are you not getting better value for them? Would you not have gotten better value from Marcus Simeon if you had traded for him rather than even offering qualifying offer? If Marcus Simeon was traded during the twenty twenty season, you cannot tell me you wouldn't have gotten something pretty good in return. He was third in MVP in 2019. Third. Third, LJ. Third. Like, what is the A's end goal? Just move them out of Oakland. Move them to Toronto. Does that help? Sell the team. Move them somewhere. This is an absolute joke of a franchise. And it's not even because of Bob Melvin. Look. Managers, like we've said before, are just like a talking head for the whole team. Look in the past at what the ace have done. How many guys? It's like it's almost like race territory with the amount of guys they've let walk. But, <laughs> but the thing is, the Rays don't often let the guy walk either. They're always they'll just trade him. They'll just trade him. About it. They'll trade, they'll go ahead and trade David Price in his prime to the Tigers because they can get decent prospects out of it. They'll trade Blake Snell. But where they do that, Oakland sees, okay, let's just get, let's siphon one more year out of this roster and see if we can make it to the playoffs. And that'll be a success for our team. The best player in A's history was playing in the twenties and thirties. Jimmy Fox, three MVPs. Might be one of the best players ever, top 10 ever. <laughs> what have you had since then? Ricky Henderson was great. Let's not forget, the dude left your team. He left. You traded him to Toronto in 1993. You traded him to New York in 1989. You, you traded him in 1984. You traded this guy three times. Genuinely one of the most impactful offensive players ever. You traded three times, LJ. Three separate times. And this brings up my point. If you're a baseball, if you own a baseball team and you genuinely don't want to spend even a little bit of money, you should not own a baseball team. I feel like every single person... Or at least not every, not everybody. What I meant to say was, every person you used to hear about owning sports teams 
was doing it because they wanted to. It was less about that business investment was more about making a fun business investment and enjoying the fruit of their labors than making more money. And that's what it's quickly becoming more and more of. I understand, I understand how much money there is in this, but there was a bigger, there was a much better charm to the guys who, who were doing it for the love of just wanting to own a sports team. Even the guy, there's a difference between the guys who do it because they want to win a, own a sports team now and the guys who are in it for a business now. Well, the thing is now, if you own a sports team, you wait 10, 20 years, the price you bought the sports team for versus what you sell it for is just exponentially greater. And at this point, it's like, why not just, if you're rich enough, buy a sports team, wait 10, 20 years, and then just sell it. You're going to make it a crazy return on your investment. At the same time, look, Bob Melvin, great manager. Let's talk about what he's going to bring to the Padres. I mean, LJ, hopefully uh, this is a lot better of a, of a guy to be able to manage players than, uh, what's his name? Jace, what's his last name? Can't think of his name right now. Uh, Jace Tingler. Jace Tingler, right. Hopefully a lot better than Jace Tingler, who only managed two years of 523 win percentage, which is not good enough for this guy. If you, like, look, the Padres, hopefully they improve because their collapse in the second half of the year was just not something that we thought was going to happen. Bob Melvin is proven. He can manage teams with bad players and get a good record. And look, the manager doesn't mean a lot anymore. They have to handle all the personalities on the team. They're the talking face for the team. Every After every game, who's talking to the media? It's the manager. Whether or not they're controlling what's happening in the game, they're still the guy that the fans are listening to the most out of anyone on the team. I mean, I love the guy. Bob Melvin has been around for a long time and has proven that he's a good manager. Padres, their future now is it's, it's through the roof. The fact that Bob Melvin in his entire career has a, over a 500 win percentage with the teams he's managed, the Mariners, the Diamondbacks in the mid-2000s, the A's since 2011. He has over a 500 win percentage with somehow with these teams that you couldn't even name a player on. <laughs> you couldn't name a single player on any of those teams realistically other than these A's the last few years. He just knows how to get it done. And I'm very excited to see what he does with the Padres, but the A's, I mean, come on. Freddie Freeman literally came out and said, Ron Washington, the Braves' third base coach, the guy who brought the Texas Rangers to the World Series, that he should be the A's manager. I guarantee you they don't hire him, LJ. I guarantee 
They'll just hire someone stupid. There's there's a young guy who will do it for way less than Ron Washington will. <laughs> I just it's just the A's, man. I don't get it. Just move them out of Oakland. Come on. I mean it won't make a difference. But on the Bob Melvin thing, there's a there's a reason. You're right. There's a reason that he was a candidate to be poached. <laughs> like, I guarantee you this isn't something that most guys that are under contract actively pursue. You don't hear about guys pursuing other teams while they're under contract with another team like this. They, he had to be a guy that San Diego felt bullish on and wanted to go out and woo, wanted to be strong in their pursuit for. In San Diego, I think we can both agree, one of the more forward-thinking front offices in the league, they realize with a guy like Tatis, why not sign him to a big contract, right? Like, why not? And why not go out and get a guy like Bob Melvin? Why not? Because how often do we see guys get fired in the middle of their contract? If it doesn't work out, they will easily just cut ties with him. It's $12 million for three years. LJ, I honestly don't even know what to say anymore. I've said enough about this. It's it. As long as we have teams like the A's in the league, we're going to get shit like this that happens all the time. It's just sad, really. A's, Rays, all these teams that just don't want to spend money. And these owners have enough money to be able to spend it is the thing. And I think that's why the salary floor is going to be implemented because they know that these teams can spend the money. It's just these owners are so cheap and all they care about is the amount of money that they'll make when they sell the team. It's that's the problem with baseball right now is that all of it trickles down to that is what the owners think they'll be able to make when they have to sell the team, the A's owner, or excuse me, the Rays owner. Imagine if the, if the Rays could spend money, LJ, or if the A's would spend money, the A's and White Sox, to me, are very similar in the, their franchise trajectories. Do you see the White Sox going up last offseason? They signed Alex Colome. It doesn't work out for them. They were, still take, they were still taking the risk. What risk have the A's taken, LJ, lately? What, the Elvis Andrus contract when they traded for him? Is that a risk? It, like, what... What have they taken as a risk? They that's, have that's something I've been preaching for a while this year. They traded like, away Starling Marte, one of the best players in the league. They just trade him away because they don't want to. Like, what is the reason for trading him away in the mid in the middle of a playoff race? LJ, come on, come on. Wait a minute. Or excuse me. They, they trade for Starling Marte. They trade for Starling Marte. The point I was making, are they going to re-sign him? No. no. They're not getting Starling Marte back. Like, what risks have they genuinely taken? This, the Trevor Rosenthal 
11 million dollar contract which they end up he's not playing a single game for them this year okay that's a risk you can't tell me that they like how do you not have a payroll over a hundred million dollars how in today's game that's crazy to me indians rays a's pirates like how and I get like the Orioles because they have a plan. What's the A's plan? You already have contending pieces on your team. What's what is your plan? I couldn't tell you, Brandon. Well, me yelling about the A's is probably a good place to wrap this up. I'm playing. I could really go a lot more than this, but I'll just wrap it at that. I mean, main focus of this episode, Braves take a 2-1 lead in the World Series. A's are a joke of a franchise. They let their manager walk for nothing. We'll be back tomorrow night to talk about game four of the World Series. Other than that, thank you all for listening, sticking with us the whole year, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Simonyana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. O'Reilly Auto Parts specializes in keeping your car on the road. Not sure how much life is left in your battery? Our professional parts people will test it for free. If it does need to be replaced, we'll help you find just the right one to fit your car. Our superstar batteries are built to handle even the toughest conditions. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today. O'Reilly Auto Parts.